I'm Cassie Hilbron, and this is the Cook It Real Good podcast, bringing you shortcuts to success in the kitchen. slow cooker sitting in the back of your cupboard not being used? Well, today's episode is for you. Erin from Suburban Simplicity shares all of her tips for getting the most out of your slow cooker year round. Since its founding in 2015, Suburban Simplicity has provided an outlet for like-minded women to connect and share their methods for how to create a home life you love. It has become a trusted resource for advice on simple, modern homemaking, appearing on Oprah Magazine, Good Housekeeping, BuzzFeed, MSN, and Yumly. Erin, the founder of Suburban Simplicity, is a crafter, baker, tea drinker, dinner maker, sports chauffeur, wife, and mom. Oof, Erin, that's a lot of jobs. <laughs> Her goal is developing practical, creative solutions to the overwhelm felt by mums everywhere. Her large family of six has taught her a lot about organization, priorities, and balancing the things that matter, and also made her an expert in crockpot cooking. Now, I'm just going to make a note here at the top of the episode that Erin and I will talk about crockpots, but for anyone outside of America, a crockpot is simply the major brand of slow cookers in the US. So slow cooker, crockpot, it's all the same. Erin has some practical tips that will help busy families get meals on the table more easily. This week's episode of the week is my shredded Mexican beef. This is a recipe that's been on the blog for a few years, but just got a new facelift. (laughs) The beef is melt in your mouth, fall off your fork, tender, and oh so saucy. I made it over Christmas when we had a little bit of a Mexican dinner night with our family and there wasn't a bit of it left by the end of it. Grab the recipe as well as all the links we discuss in today's episode at cookitrealgood.com slash 32. Now let's dive in. Hi Erin, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have you here and I want to get into today's topic, but before we do, can I please ask you what your last cooking fail was? Um, well, let's see. If you ask my children, they probably say I fail all the time because I put vegetables in lots of dishes and try to hide them. But, um, a real cooking fail, um, you know what, as we were talking about crock pot, I remember a time when I didn't cook my meat long enough. And if you don't in your crock pot, guess what happens? It gets a little, it's still a little hard and tough. So uh, lesson learned, definitely cook it the full time. You can't cut corners and make it shorter. (laughs) (laughs) Not in your slow cooker. (laughs) Yeah, there is nothing worse than like when you're waiting for a slow cooked meat that's like, I mean, my definition of it would be just like fall off the bone, soft, and um, like you could just pierce it with a fork easily, that kind of thing. But sometimes I've made dishes and it just doesn't happen. And it is that not cooking it slow enough, whether it's on like the stovetop or in a slow cooker. And there's nothing more disappointing than taking that bite and being like, this is tough. Yuck. <laughs> so true. So true. 
Now, we are going to be talking about a bit of like Crock-Pot 101 here today or Slow Cooker 101 for my listeners who aren't familiar with the brand Crock-Pot. Now, a lot of people associate the Crock-Pot with winter. So, you know, soup, stews, but then they kind of put it in the cupboard and forget about it. This is not necessarily the case. We can use it all year round, can we? So I love, love, love cooking in my crock pot year round. And a lot of people don't know this. They kind of think of it as soups and stews, which are more fall wintry. But honestly, bringing it out in the summer has some real benefits. And for one, you know, it's hot outside, you running your air conditioning, you don't want to heat up the house with the stove, your crock pot emits just a little bit of heat and keeps everything cool. So that's kind of nice in the, um, in the summertime. Plus you get like those, um, one of my favorite recipes is, um, French dip sandwiches and they're lovely to have in the summer. Um, but you might not think of cooking them just because it's hot out and you don't want to spend the time, you know, with your oven on, uh, cooking that meat. So yes, I highly recommend you use it in the summertime. Plus you're busy, you're outside, you're doing things and what better way to set it and forget it, then you're crockpot. That is such a good point. We are actually going into summer at the moment here in Australia, and it is so hot already, even though it's technically spring. And um, every time I have to turn on that oven, it's disgusting. <laughs> I try to avoid it at all costs because you're right, it just makes the whole house disgusting. So I love the idea of using the crockpot for more than just a soup in winter. That's a great idea. French dip sandwiches. That sounds really good. Have you got a recipe for that on your site? Uh, we do. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of our favorites. And my daughter requests it for her birthday every year. Oh, all right. Well, we'll have to link that in the show notes for sure, because that sounds amazing. Yes, that's a good one. Now, a lot of the things that you can cook in the crock pot are very budget friendly, aren't they? They are. Yes, for sure. And that's another reason, you know, even in the summer, it's great because you really use no energy, you know, little energy just to turn your slow cooker on. Um, but overall, I love it just because you can get those cheaper cuts of meat and you put them in your crock pot, cook them slow, and they come out tender, juicy, like you said, fall off the bone. <laughs> Definitely. And even things like when you are making the soup, stews, whatever it might be, you can add things like beans that are very uh, inexpensive, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely. And guess uh, the other reason I like it, you know, one pan to clean up, you're not doing dishes <laughs> for hours at a time. It's like, you've got your, your crock and you wash it and you're done. Yes. Now you're speaking my language. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, share with us some of the best crock pot tips and tricks that you have found over your years of experimenting with it. Yeah. So one of the things that not everyone knows, and I have to say, I was kind of guilty of this early on as well, that you're really not supposed to put frozen food into your crock pot and turn it on to cook. And the reason why is because it has to come up to temperature. So there's a, quite a bit of time that it's in that bacteria growing, you know, temperature range. And although it never happened to me, there is the chance that, you know, bacteria could grow. And so you really want to defrost your food before you put it into your crock pot. Um, it turns out fine. Like I said, I've tried it many times, but now that I know what I'm doing and now that I, I know why, um, I definitely defrost. So 
Crock-Pot is great for even um, freezer cooking where you'd put everything in a bag and put it in the freezer. You would just bring it out the night before, let it defrost in your fridge, and then put it in your Crock-Pot the next day to cook. So um, that's a tip I want to share just to keep everybody safe. Okay, that's a great idea. So like with what you're saying about the freezer cooking, so you can make like pre-made bags that have all the ingredients of them. And put them in the freezer so that's like it easy. You don't have to do all the chopping or anything, but just make sure that you're defrosting that before you pop it in the crock pot. Correct. Correct. Exactly. And there's so many, most meals you can transform into a freezer meal that you would do in a crock pot, which is kind of nice. Um, again, makes it super simple in the kitchen and, you know, those busy days or nights, you know, you've got dinner, just pull it out of the freezer, let it defrost and throw it in your, your slow cooker. That's such a great idea. And even like I'm thinking about, say, like family members when, say, like you've got a new mom in your family or your friends, it would be such a good idea to to make up a couple of those that they can easily, yeah, you're right, defrost and then dump in and they don't have to do much for it. That's a that's a lovely idea. Yeah, no, I agree that new moms, this is a perfect thing. They can put it in the freezer and get it out when they need it. Um, also during the holidays, you've got guests coming in and you want a nice, hearty, flavorful meal, but do you have time to cook all that? So you can definitely prep ahead of time and then have it all ready to go when you're, when you want to, um, serve it up. Love it. All right. And what about using it to like batch cook? Cause this is something that I've seen people do. Um, so like making one thing that you can use in many different ways. Yeah. So I'm a huge fan of this and I love to teach my readers how to do it, which is, you know, why expend so much energy cook once, eat two to three times. And, um, it works out well in the crock pot. You know, one of my favorite recipes to do that with is, uh, my crock pot pork, like a pulled pork. Um, it comes out juicy and tender and you can use it one night in a salad. You could make tacos, you could make nachos, you could make quesadillas. I mean, the possibilities are endless. So making that big crock, you know, crock pot full of meat, um, you've got dinner you know, for a couple nights, which is wonderful. I love that idea. And Mexican food is always one that I, I use as well. Like, you know, make a chili and then use it in many different ways, like a chili bowl or put it over a baked potato and things like that. I don't know why, but it's one of the most versatile types of cuisines. I think like once you make one part of it, you can use it in many different ways. Yeah. And I think the flavors just lend itself. Like it just gets better the next day. Like those um, Mexican flavors. Mm, so good. 100%. What are some of your favorite things to cook in the crock pot? Um, well, I've had some requests lately from my family. So I don't know if you knew this, but you can make deep dish pizza in your what? crock pot. Nope. Yeah, I know. Yeah, actually you can. Um, obviously it's a, a pre-made dough and you put it in there and everything cooks and it comes out pretty incredible. So I've had some requests for that. Um, I mentioned the the French dip is a favorite, uh, especially around my daughter's birthday. And then again, this might be one you haven't thought of, but Pinterest lo- uh, readers love crockpot tater tot casserole. Yeah. Um, but again, it totally works. You could set it and forget it and come home to a nice um, comfort meal. 
Oh, I love that idea. Uh, I'm such a I'm such a sucker for tater tots. They're so good. <laughs> um, I know my weakness. Yes, I, they're very dangerous around me. Let's just say that. <laughs> and the, the other great thing about a crock pot is you can make a healthy meal or you can make a comfort food meal. They all work. Like uh, another popular recipe on my site is healthy crock pot chili. Um, mm. Super easy to make, and again, you could eat it for days. Yes, that's delicious. And then like even you could, when you're batch cooking, you could even freeze some for later, I assume, and then you've got an easy meal. Oh, yeah, yeah. You mean in individual portions, right? After you cook it, I do that all the time as well. So I've got lunch just ready to pull out of the freezer and um, heat up. I love that. Now, Mm -hmm. one thing with the slow cooker that in my past experience, I've got two things that I want to ask you about. One, One is browning the meat or not browning the meat first? Right. Um, Excellent question. And there isn't one right answer. Um, I would say for a richer flavor, I would recommend browning your meat beforehand. It's not necessary, but it just gives it that nice, slow cooked, rich flavor that you're looking for. So I always do just that little extra step, it really doesn't take that long, but it's it's not 100% necessary. Okay. I do notice the difference if I do it or not. And you're right. It is that just that depth of flavor. Yeah. The other question I want to pick your brain on is, so I'll, I'll admit I've had some trouble with um, slow cooking or crockpot cooking in the past with too much liquid. And so it, whenever I make something, if, if it's having liquid in it, it ends up... I think because obviously the slow cooker doesn't expel the <laughs> the liquid and let it out. It ends up being too watery or liquidy for me. So do you have any tips on how to make sure that we don't do that? <laughs> yeah. Well, the one thing I'll say is that also produces that nice, juicy, you know, um, flavor. Um, but in certain recipes, uh, what I actually do at the end is take out some of that liquid and either use it for a soup or, you know, something else, you know, use it in a different way. But you're absolutely right. There often is, depending, like if you use chicken thighs versus chicken breasts, there's a lot more liquid. And um, yeah, I just remove it at the end um, and, and reuse it in another recipe. Okay, that's a good idea, just like to get rid of it as well. And what about some, sometimes I see some recipes like recommend even like removing the lid and keeping it cooking for a while, adding like corn flour, things like that. Um, Um, Yeah, yeah. So I should have said, depending on the recipe, if you're trying to make like a a sauce, uh, you can absolutely make like a little corn starch slurry or, you know, use flour and kind of make a little uh, and pour that in and let it cook another half an hour and you'll get that nice thick sauce. That's another way to, to, to use it as well. So you're, you're absolutely right. You, you can take the lid off for that, but I, I forgot to mention in my tips and tricks, taking the lid off just in general is not a good idea because it'll affect your overall cooking time. Okay. Um, but at the end of the recipe, when it's almost finished and you just want to thicken up that sauce, uh, that's absolutely fine. And then put it back on and let it cook, like I said, another half an hour and it should be um, the perfect consistency. So say, um, just back to your point about not removing the lid before that time. So if yeah. if the recipe says to cook for eight hours, just set the lid and forget it. Don't interrupt it a lot. 
I know it. Yeah, it'll be tempting to look in there and see how it's cooking, but you will extend your cooking time or you may not even realize you're extending your cooking time by letting that um, that temperature you know, go down and then it has to come back up once you put the lid back on. So not a good idea and not recommended because um, it will likely extend your cooking time. And I've got one more question here about just, just my own little crock pot 101. What about, so some recipes, well, most recipes that I see, uh, say like four hours on high, eight hours on low. So like it kind of like an either raw situation. Is there one that's better or either or is fine? Yeah. So what I like to say is, um, well, if you're cooking it on high and then, uh, you know, you're going to double the time if you're cooking it on low, but honestly that the test I've done, I like the flavor slightly better with the, the longer, you know, slow cooking time versus the, the high. Um, but again, sometimes you're in a hurry and you need to put it on high and cook it in your four hours and be done. Um, so that totally works. But I just think the flavor is just a teeny bit better. Maybe the meat's just a teeny bit softer if you do actually cook it on low and, and use the full time. That's good to know. Um, yeah, because I think that probably it's coming from like a shortcuts point of view because people do want things faster. But there's, there's just something special sometimes about really, really slow cooked, especially meat, I find. Uh, if you take that extra time, it makes all the difference. Yeah. Again, it's, it's almost like a science. You're breaking down those things inside the meat to make it nice and tender. So again, the longer you can give it, um, the better I think the overall recipe will be. But again, we're busy. So um, if we've got four hours, then do four hours. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Yeah. Now, what about cleaning the crock pot? Because I think sometimes the the pot can get a bit stained and and dank <laughs> how can we make sure that we care for that properly yeah so there's an easy easy way to do this and it's all natural which is nice as well so you just use a little mixture you know because you get like that um kind of like a white film sometimes on your crock pot I don't I don't know if you've ever gotten that but honestly just take a little mixture of vinegar and baking soda you know even a little paste kind of rub it around in there and that'll come right off Oh, I like that idea. And I love the natural part of it as well. That's even better. Right. And you probably have both those ingredients in your pantry. So there you go. Yes. That's what I like even more. I don't have to buy anything else for it. Just clean it. <laughs> and I know what you're talking about, about the white film. Yes, I have seen that before. And it's good to get that <laughs> stuff out. Yeah. Awesome. Do you have any other last minute tips or tricks for conquering the crock pot? I do. I um. A couple of things I wanted to mention, uh, dairy in your crock pot. So dairy tends to separate and, and not be great if you're cooking it that full time. So I always recommend if the recipe calls for that, it, it usually is put in at the end. That way it has time to, to mix into the recipe, but not fully separate and, and give you a weird consistency. So dairy at the end. Um, and this one I learned the hard way. Yeah. <laughs> um, the crock pot isn't meant to go from one extreme to the other. So, you know, again, I was trying to save time and I put all my ingredients and everything in the crock pot and I put it in the refrigerator and I was like, oh, I'll just get it out in the morning, put it into the crock pot base and be done. Well, those temperature extremes, maybe not the first time, but if it happens a couple of times, um, it'll crack your crock pot. 
So um, the way to avoid that super simple is just, you know, bring it out before you are ready to cook it and let it you know, come up in temperature a little bit, um, and then put it in the crock pot to cook. So, um, that'll avoid that, that, you know, inner crock pot, um, from cracking. That's really good advice. Definitely. I don't want to have my crock pot crack. (laughs) No, no. Then, yeah, then you're, uh, going to need a new one. Um, Mm -hmm. and the one other thing I wanted to mention, which is, um, never kind of fill your crock pot more than two thirds full. So it needs, you know, that space to, to really cook the food properly. So, um, I have like a six quart and I, you know, fill it two thirds and that's a big, big, um, serving of the recipe, but, um, there's all different sizes, but whatever you have half to two thirds full is, is what's recommended. Okay. That makes sense. And that's some really good advice as well, because yeah, I imagine if you filled it up right to the top, you would have, um, some kind of overflowing situation sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. It's just not going to cook properly. So that's, that's what I recommend. Um, and again, I would check the recipe. It'll tell you usually like what size crock pot to use so that you are, you know, making it correctly. Um, you know, there's some standard sizes, but you just want to double check. Awesome. Well, that's so helpful, Erin. I, I don't know why, but it's kind of like those first couple of like overly watery recipes kind of threw me off the whole slow cooking. And it's such a shame because I see so many people having such success with it. So I think you've given me a bit more confidence to go back and have another go. Um, and especially with some of these summer recipes, because winter's going to be a long time away for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you can make anything, lasagna, dessert, you name it. Um, you should give it a give them a try. Definitely. Now, would you mind letting my listeners know where they can find you? Absolutely. So my site is suburbansimplicity.com and I hang out on Instagram a lot and they can find me over there at suburban underscore simplicity. Um, so I'd love to see them there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing those tips and I will make sure that all of the links that we've discussed today are in the show notes too. Thank you so much. Thank you. I've had a slow cooker sitting in my cupboard for years unused after having a few overly watery fails, but Aaron's tips have me dying to pull it out and have another go. I love the idea of setting and forgetting at the start of the day and coming home to a delicious meal that's already made. Yum! Now, before I go, I'd just like to take a minute to ask you if you could rate and review this podcast if you've been enjoying it. Your ratings let Apple know that this podcast is worth having a listen to and can help us get in front of more eyeballs or in more ears, I suppose. Putting together this podcast each week is truly a pleasure and I love hearing from you guys and how much you're getting out of each episode. I've seen so many no grocery challenges going on, people making test cupcakes or cookies before putting the whole batch in, and everyone seems to have loved making a designated bowl for food scraps while you're cooking. I'm always open to more episode ideas, so if you've got a topic you want covered, feel free to let me know. You can email me or Instagram message me. I'm always on Instagram. It's an addiction. Ugh. 
All right, guys, for any of the links that we discussed in today's episode, you can head to cookitrealgood.com slash 32. That's it from me. Have a great week and don't just cook, cook it real good. Bye.